0: Hello, and welcome to the Believe Crew podcast. The business is you. I'm Jamie White, founder of Believe Crew and your host. Let's jump right in. Welcome to today's episode. I'm so excited to welcome Lori Kosinick back. It's been one of our most listened to episodes. And so we're here to just continue the conversation, go a little deeper, see where it goes, talk about fear and energy work and all the things. Lori, how have you been?
1: Hi, Jamie thanks for having me on the show. Uh, I've been doing great, doing great, just just doing what I need to do to keep sane and to uh, move into that higher levels of consciousness and higher, I guess, state of being.
0: Yeah. And the other thing today is we have a surprise guest with us as well, Kara White. So we're going to continue the discussion with the three of us. Whatever questions come up, we have no planned agenda. So this is a little different and fun. Lori, what is mostly on your mind right now?
1: Well, I guess, um, we've, we look around us today in the world and we see things shifting and there's a lot of uncertainty and it has brought a lot of fear for a lot of people. And I've been getting, um, a lot of people reach out, uh, privately and wonder how to deal with with things and so I guess I guess fear if we could talk mm-hmm. about that today because that's been you know a, a big deal for so many
0: yeah so. and recognizing what's anxiety that God is asking us to step into uh, for me has been something that's been good too like this is a growth opportunity for me it is supposed to be a little bit fearful <laughs> in terms of it's mm-hmm. new and so I recognize it now as. Um, you know, what is something that is not my fear or something that I need to deal with? And what is something that is just an opportunity for growth? Those are, that's what comes to mind for me. But where do you go on this subject?
1: Yes, um, exactly. We fear, we look at that as being a kind of a negative thing, but it could, if we step into our fear, then um, it can be very positive because it propels us forward. Whereas so many let Fear um, hold them back and uh, cause paralysis. Uh, and I think I, I mentioned to you before, um, just about about Dean Potter. Now, Dean Potter is a is a trendsetter, uh, a slackline or highline uh, trendsetter, and so he walks across canyons on um, on a on a rope, basically. And I I think of it as a tarp string. That's kind of how it, it's not tight, it's loose. So he says that every time he steps out onto that line and he's like, he's looking down at a Canyon below. Um, he said, I have fear. But as he begins to take that first step and then the second step, it, that fear starts to dissipate as he moves into the present moment. And it causes him to, he says, once I get into the zone, he calls it the zone, which is flow, which is also present moment. Then he knows he's, he's got it. And he says, he says, I'm not thinking about what I'm wearing. I'm not thinking about my boss. I'm not thinking about my kids. I'm not thinking about my problems with my girlfriend. He says, I'm, in the in the now and there's nothing going on in my head except for that next step and he says i would love to be able to get into that present moment without putting my life on the line but he says i don't know how to do that so that present moment is that place without fear so there's and that's a whole subject on itself on how to get into that present moment where we just are being instead of doing
0: yeah so is there anything that you can share on how you've been able to do that? I, I think for myself, I've learned some of it. I'm curious what your perspective is on it.
1: Fear is is kind of an attachment um, to the known. Okay, so we when we're fearing, we want to attach ourselves to what is comfortable, what we are known to to be safe and comfortable in. And sometimes fear drives us to make attachments to situations, places, people like, I need to have this person do this for me. I need to have this person be this for me, or I need to have this situation this certain way. I need to get that job. I need to get money. I need, I need, I need. And so that needy energy is based on fear and insecurity. But there is a lot of fearful things going on in the world, and it's a matter of stepping into it with with no attachments as far as well, I've got to have this over. I need this to be over and done with in order for me to get back on with my life. It's just having a, I am I am happy in this moment. Whatever this moment brings, I am happy. I will take it and I will learn from this moment, whatever that is.
0: For myself, since our last podcast, I really stepped into creating prayers of thankfulness before it was happening. And so some of the things that would come up in our relationship my relationship with my husband he's been working through a lot of healing things and so things would come up and i would get really frustrated and in the past i would have hopelessness and helplessness and just different feelings of overwhelm and i would shift my brain i would just be really quiet really specific and shift my brain into thinking what would i pray for if it could be possible you know and coming from that place of like thank you Father for helping in a situation. Mm-hmm. Like if I needed to, that was my yeah. go-to. And then starting to realize like the more clarity I could get in asking, like, what is my specific ask? It just really shifted my brain and my body into a place of believing that mm-hmm. it could be possible and is possible and is already happening. Yeah. Instead of focusing on I mean it 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 is the same situation and it is shifting my perspective that the energy in my body, my ability to deal with whatever was coming up and recognize that it actually isn't even connected to me except for in how I'm reacting.
1: Mm -hmm. It's it's been Mm life-changing. For sure. One thing that helps shift our fear, or not even just fear, it shifts our, you know, whatever it is, whether it's depression or anger, is praise, and even like you were mentioning in that place of prayer, you know, I'm father, I can't handle the situation on my own, but I know you can. And so I'm going to leave this in your hands. Thank you for taking care of it. And that's, that is quite, that's how I kind of leave my prayers. And, and I could I could truly leave that place of prayer and with that weight off my shoulders. And that's where I'm at now. I mean, it, it, it took a while you know when you're going through stuff to be able to just leave it there and not worry about it all day. So that's I guess that's how you know if we've left it with him or not is if we can leave that place of prayer thanking him instead of saying oh I hope he heard me. You just think of Jesus when he asked to raise Lazarus from the dead. He didn't say father can you raise Lazarus from the dead. He said thank you for hearing me. So and then when Jesus got up from prayer there was no doubt that God heard him. And and that thanking thanking God for what he's asking for and that was even before Lazarus was raised so this this idea I mean Jesus he prayed very powerfully and when we can pray like thank you for hearing me getting up from prayer with that with that knowing that's huge that's huge whereas if we get up saying oh I hope he heard me well then I mean that's doubt right praise goes along with that to help reduce our fear you know I can't, but I know you can. You are Almighty. You are powerful. You can take care of this, and um, that's been huge for me too. And and it's easy to go to to spend our time praying about our problems and saying, "Please help me with this," or "Please help me with that." Or, but what happens when we praise Him? Then magic happens. Our problems become diminished, and you think of Jonah. The first eight eight verses of Jonah 2, while he's in the fish's belly, he's talking about his bad life to God. He's he's talking about his bad life. But as soon as he switched over to praise, then he was delivered. However, if we use prayer as a complaining session, then that's an odor, you know, and it doesn't get his attention like praise does. And uh, that's what I found anyways. And... I've had to learn that. And the more you praise him, the more we have to praise him for.
2: That's interesting to think about, though, because if you think about like David and his prayers, he often was complaining and we do complain and God does care about those things. And yet that's not where David necessarily ended his prayers. It was ended in thanking God and finding the place of deliverance and understanding that God does care and he will take care of it. But when we stay in the place of complaining, like you said, like that doesn't have trust or thankfulness or Mm -hmm. belief that God is going to do something about it. And it's
1: focused on ourselves as well. Right, right. And you think of Jesus with Lazarus. Well, his best friend died. He could have said God why did you let this happen you know why you know why 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 but instead he thanked God for hearing him even before Lazarus was raised you know so he, it there's like praise and gratitude and it's not that God's trick trickery you know he's he's using trickery on us it's just that he knows what gratitude and what faith does for us Praise what it does for us. It's not that he's selfish, and I want to hear people praise me. No, it's he knows what it does for us.
2: Do you think that there's a difference between doubt and fear? Are they? Would you define them similarly? There's there's
1: a connection, definitely. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, you were talking about it earlier. I I was appreciating the thought that like doubt is self focused. When we are in doubt, right. we are thinking about God and what he is capable of. And we allow fear mm-hmm. to run our life when we stay in doubt.
0: Yes. Worry really kind of fits in that same category also. Mm-hmm. That's more of a fear for others.
1: Well, yeah, like I, I would say so. Okay, so if we, if we look on a, on a frequency scale, we know, we know the top of the scale is love and the lowest is fear. Fear can totally paralyze us. A lot of people think the opposite to love is hate, but no, it's fear, because fear is the lowest we can be and still be alive. Death, of course, is the lowest frequency, which is zero. (laughs) When the Bible talks about uh, that place of torment, hell was not made for humanity. It was made for Satan and his angels. That's where that's what the Bible tells us, who hell was made for. But then it does tell us that the wicked, the fearful, and the faithless are who will be there. Like what we do with our fear is huge. Do we allow it to propel us forward? Or do we allow it to keep it us stuck in, you know with paralysis? Because we're too afraid to move into the unknown. See, when we move into the unknown, that's faith, that's trust, right? And I think the reason why fear is God looks at fear as such a a low frequency or or you know worthy of death or hell or whatever is because there's no trust, there's no love. If we truly have love and feel that high frequency of love, like perfect love, casts out fear. So you can't have both. Mm.
0: So interesting.
1: My son, his his anxiety was a form of fear. And I mean, I I don't want to speak for all anxieties, but for his situation, it it was a form of fear. And well, he'll tell you it was his subconscious being separated from God. And so it's, it's a, a spiritual level, a separation when he gets like, he's got certain symptoms that come back just before anxiety hits. So he kind of knows the warning signs. So he knows, oh, okay, I'm becoming separated from God, you know, my greater being, my soul. And so he knows what he has to do to get it back on track. So for him, it was a separation. And that makes sense to me because anxiety is a form of fear. And when we're separated from the love of God, this our soul, like there's that, there's that fear. Whereas if we're totally within his love, then there is no fear. Because love casts out fear.
2: Like there's the verse in Romans that says nothing can separate us from the love of God. So would it be accurate to say when we are in fear and letting fear run our life that we're disconnected in some way from God? Like Mm -hmm. our spirit is disconnected. And it's not that God doesn't love us, to clarify. Like we are still well within the love of God as far as what is, is extended to us.
1: When I speak of the love of God, I don't mean God loving us because we know that Mm -hmm. doesn't change because God is. And if I can, okay, so here's the love of God, right? And the higher we move in faith or our level of consciousness, whatever we want to call it, you know, the, the more we come into the fullness of his love. So when I speak of, you know, the, you know, we're, we feel far from the love of God. It's not that God is gone anywhere. God is, his okay. love is still here. It's, we have, we have moved down. So, and, and I mentioned in my book that, um, sin, like, in the Bible refers to sin. So that's the biblical language, right? The Bible refers to sin. And so what is sin? sin is anything that takes us away from the love of god it could be a thought it could be unforgiveness it could be fear it could be anxiety it could be like even depression we don't think of depression and and anxiety as as a sin but what is sin anything that takes us away so it, it just could be anything whereas in the um the energy world we would call that you know just lower energies we would call that lower energies. So um, it's the same thing, just different language. Makes sense. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah, well, it's that's kind of how I see it. So if we are feeling a little bit of anxiety, or then we just we just got to move up. You know, we, it's about and it's not as easy as that. It's um, you know, you got to work on your trust level again. One of
0: the things that we started talking about briefly on, on one of our conversations was going down the road of the physical healing a little bit. And our family has experienced some pretty cool things to the point where I'm not going back. (laughs) One of the experiences that comes to mind is when someone has had a headache or gotten a bloody nose or, you know, just different things that haven't been because of something that they did wrong. You know, I think the stories that I heard growing up is like, did you drink enough water or did you, um, you know, maybe it's too dry, maybe you need this. And so many stories that I've heard for people's pain or ailments have have just, we continue them and we just we heard that same story from someone else assumed maybe it was true for ourselves. Maybe I need to drink more water. Maybe I need to do this. Maybe I need to lay down. Maybe I didn't get enough sleep. Maybe I worked too hard yesterday. Maybe I strained my back because I was kneeling. And what I've found is that primarily these things are actually coming from emotions and energy blockages and different things in our body. Is that something that you've studied at all? Or have you seen anything
1: like that? Okay. Let's just look at Jesus. Okay. Jesus was, I, I believe he was probably the highest faith that you could have that a person could have and still be human. If his faith was any higher, he would turn invisible like, like the angels, like he would have turned invisible. Um, You know, you just think of a, of of a spokes on a wheel, how it, it vibrates so fast and you can just kind of see through it. Right. So, so Jesus, I think his faith was as high as it could possibly be and still remain visible on earth a human Jesus was whole his health he was whole in a in a physical way he was he was made whole as well because he was whole spiritually right so um our our mind body and soul are all connected and when something affects us on one plane whether it be physical it affects the mental or if something's a mental it affects the physical if you have a fear or well let me put it this way. a a very good friend of mine she had breast cancer and she she was the our kid's soccer coach she was fit as a fiddle she was healthy she worked out she ate well she was you know vegetarian and here she had breast cancer yeah and I'm saying I'm saying what please tell me what do you feel not what the doctors feel but what is your own gut feeling as to why you got breast cancer when you were so healthy you were you know you were Physically active and you ate well. She says, Lori, there's not a doubt in my mind what it was. She goes, I just went through a divorce. It took its toll on me. And she goes, There's no doubt in my mind that it was my divorce and the stress that it caused. And
0: my mom said the same thing too in terms of stress. She knew it was that. And I asked her at one point towards the end after she had gone all over the world seeking treatment. And I said, Mom, is it possible that there's something that you need to let go? And she said, yes, and I can't. And then two weeks later she did. Wow. And then she called uh, my dad and had a conversation that she hadn't had in a while and then died. Wow. So we hear about it's stress, but then what do we do about it? Right? So, I mean, I I mean, the study that I've gone into with the mind the body it's not at a level that I feel um, capable of teaching on in any way. I mean, there's so many references out there and so many different things I've put together. But the research that I've done leads me to believe that there is a connection between our emotions, our energy, and all these different, you know, the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. There's, I just do not believe uh-huh. that they can be separated. And our bodies are, our machines that yeah. if we just put the right food in, we get the right thing out.
1: Uh-huh. Well, I mean, our, we want to, whatever we do, we want to have it contribute to our frequency. Like we think of like the highest frequency foods are fruits and vegetables, okay? And herbs, those are the highest frequency foods. So if we put in high frequency foods into our bodies, um, then that will help our frequency. I guess our goal is to increase our frequency, right? That's our goal. So if what we do, but then what we're, we're not accounting for is the mental side of our frequency. And so you take a an athlete, a, an Olympic athlete, and they the, the difference between us a a, sil, a gold medalist and a silver medalist. They both train the same. They're both fantastic physical athletes. They're they're in the top shape they can be. But the difference, what makes the gold medalist is the mental game. Okay? So it's what they've got in here. So we've got the physical side of us. Then we've got the mental side of us. And then we've got the spiritual side of us. So the way to overcome a physical goal is in the mental realm, one, one realm higher. And the way to overcome a mental goal is in the spiritual realm. So if we can conquer, I mean, so often we see with mental, uh, Uh, you know anxieties and fears and stresses like I call that all mental like in the mental realm so quite often what's what is the first thing that people tend to do to try to solve a mental issue is they go they go one realm lower and get physical pills to try and instead of going one realm higher because a goal can easily be be um solved in a higher realm as opposed to trying solving it in the same realm if you know what I mean if if we go one realm higher so like you know you think of that athlete that gold medalist if they if it was just physical if those two athletes were competing just physical I mean it would take so much more work but if their mindset was 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 winning that gold then that would there'd be Mm -hmm. less effort in the lower realm required. So, so quite often we try to solve our problems in the same realm in which it was created. And it's just like banging our heads against a wall.
0: Well, that explains
1: it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that explains it. <laughs> Mic drop.
2: Lori, <laughs> in your book, you talk about like um, how things come to us when we're asking things of God. We believe with faith, right? And I'm not going to get it exactly how you put it because it's also been a little while since I read your book, but we believe in it's like, it starts out in the spiritual realm and And it makes its way to the physical realm, I believe, is kind of how you put it. If we think about that, like what appears in our physical, is it not a manifestation of our spiritual? And I love how you're pointing out that we need to go one realm higher and to look for the cause and not just
1: treat the symptoms. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's why when we do have an ailment, like say something happens, we've, we do have an ailment. We, we need to look at that in such a way that, Oh, okay. There's something I'm supposed to learn here. Okay. So, so, you know, a good question to ask God is okay, father, what do I need to learn to help? You know, what, what are you, you know, what would it take for me to, as we were saying, what would it take for me to mm-hmm. understand what I need to do to, to, to overcome this? So it's not like we're judging others. Okay, well they got this cancer, so they've obviously got some issues. No, it's, it's more. We're all, we're all on the potter's wheel. All of us, right? Like nobody's arrived. Mm-hmm. Like as far as, oh, I'm in perfect health, so I'm, I must be, you know. There's another layer of growth. No, exactly. <laughs> There's another oh, level. Goodness. Yes. <laughs> but I do find myself, and, and it's funny, with our kids, it we ask ourselves when something bad happens, what mm-hmm. we could consider bad. Um we we tend to ask each other, Okay, now what am I supposed to learn from this? Yeah. You know, what am I supposed to learn?
0: My son Aiden had broke his collarbone and Um, it was, you know, what did he need to learn from this? And he had booked his schedule so full and he could not take himself out of anything. And so this was the permission he needed to be able to say, oh, I can't do that. Or I can't do that. And he had to simplify and he knew that he had overbooked himself, but he couldn't say no to the things that he had already committed to. And so, or he didn't want to be the one, you know, to do it. And so the accident (laughs) helped get him out of that situation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And it's instead of saying, oh, why did this happen to me? Mm -hmm. You know, it's good to, okay, hmm, what's the learning in this? Mm -hmm. And, and leave it open, leave it open. What is the learning? When we leave it open, then we're free to have, you know, our inner guidance teach us. But when we come to conclusions on what it is too, like, you know, I, I guess it's, it's just about being open and not saying, oh, this is bad. Is it sometimes
0: where it's not always for us to learn something, but the situation that we're in, we're impacted or affected, but it's actually someone else's learning experience, but it does impact us. We're in their circle of influence in some ways.
1: I think so. I think so.
0: I mean, maybe there is something for all of us to learn when we're in in that circle of influence, but that was what just came to mind is sometimes this isn't actually about me. And just kind of recognizing that and being okay with that.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. Um, However, there's a fine line too. Hmm. Kara and I were just talking about this yesterday, about this, you know, sometimes you're in a situation where you're putting up with a bunch of Mm -hmm. bad stuff, thinking, okay, well, you know, I'm going to help them down the road sometime. Well, there's a fine line between Mm -hmm. knowing when to back away so probably the best thing to do is ask and ask the question
0: what am i called to in this
1: yes or else should i back away or or uh, you know if you if it feels light to back away then you back away if it feels heavy not to so what is always true for us will feel light and will feel right there'll be flow Mm -hmm. what Mm -hmm. is not true for us will feel heavy Mm -hmm.
0: i was talking to a business owner today and she is just becoming aware of how we can kind of trust ourselves in asking these questions. And she's thinking about creating a community for men, or originally she wasn't sure you know, if it needed to be men. And I said, does it need to be all men? And she goes, oh my goodness, it feels so light. <laughs> Like, I was like, well, there's your answer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we don't have to question it. Like we, we sometimes want to where it's like, but, but wait, you know, I don't want to leave the women out or, you know, maybe it's the other way around. Maybe it's a women's community and you don't want to leave the men out. But mm-hmm. all of these little details and decisions that we're, that we're making every day, it's our fears or doubts that come up or the other old, old thinking ways of thinking well, that kind of question, right. That question or make it so that we question what felt like." You know and then back away from it well that can't be true (laughs) like why why Mm -hmm. not why are you not well well, why me you know that was what came up for her why me okay let's step into that
1: okay like why me why not me right you know right yeah yeah it's follow the lightness on everything some people muscle test Mm -hmm. and do get they find their lightness that way I just, I just go by light and heavy. I just go by light and heavy.
0: It's been amazing to work with business owners that embrace this because as a business coaching consultant, I can say to them, you know, are you called to work with women over 30? And then it's like, oh, that feels heavy, you know, or, um, mm-hmm. are you called to, you know, like all these things that sometimes we create so much confusion around and just kind of yeah. stay stuck in these patterns. And so a friend and I were, um, you know, it was like, well, let's just jump in. You know, and I'll ask you a few questions, and we got such clarity. And then it was like, "What's coming up for you here?" I said, "Is there someone blocking you from wanting you to do this?" And she said, "Oh yeah, and I'm one of the people."
1: <laughs> it was oh.
0: like, <laughs> she was she was acknowledging, you know, that awesome. she was part awesome. of the problem, and it was so yeah. cool. And she realized she said, "I don't really, I don't want to do it alone." Yeah, so we're actually going to partner on something, which is uh, awesome. totally in alignment for me. But yeah, it was it's just. So fun to be able to work in the area of business and be able to work with people that are open to trusting that yes no process and then being able to ask questions because I'm really good at asking questions.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know you are. are. (laughs) One of the greatest hindrances to trust in your gut or trust in your inner guidance is just logic. Mm, Like, yes, we're like that's logic is part of the three dimensional realm. The more we tune in to our inner guidance for all things, Um, the higher we rise in frequency Mm -hmm. or in dimensions, you could say, 4D, instead of 3D is based on the five senses, touch, smell, ear, hearing, um, smelling, tasting, Mm -hmm. okay? That's what the 3D world is, is about, the five senses. Well, as we rise into 4D, there's that sixth sense, right? Mm-hmm. Which is um, the spiritual. Mm-hmm. And it's tuning in to that. So logic is part of the 3D. And that quite often can interfere with, like, it's just like when we were taking our kids to Thailand, I was doing all the booking, and there's four, we have four children. So that's six plane tickets. And I said to my husband, I said, well, if we go to Phuket, it saves us. An extra flight times six and he says well you know what i just really don't want to go to Phuket it's just too commercialized like i just i just feel like i want to go to Koh Samui which was a more a smaller island down south even if it meant six extra tickets so i says okay so i booked it so we went to Koh Samui and while we were sitting having breakfast one Sunday morning in Koh Samui the, the big tsunami hit Phuket you know like he trusted his gut you like that's that's intuition logic to me it, i was trying to put logic into him. look at we save six tickets if we just if we go to phuket mm-hmm. that's logic but he used his intuition no i just don't it doesn't feel right to go to phuket i i wanna I, let's just go to kosmoe yeah and there's 250,000 people that died on that coast that day Two hundred fifty. what year 000. was that that was in, I oh, is it 2004? Yes. 2005?
0: I know what day that was. My son was born the yeah. day after and my cousin flew, or no, not the day after, sorry, the month before, my cousin had been injured and he flew out of the hospital the day before the tsunami. Yeah. It was wow. all, it was, we were all yeah. part of that. I mean, just, I never knew yeah. about that part of the world. And then, yeah, there was some piece mm-hmm. of us still impacted, even though. Um, it wasn't connected for us. It's been so good to connect with you and talk again. And I know as always, that this will not be our last time connecting. There's still more, but thank you. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: Of course. Nice to
1: see you, Kara and Jamie.
0: Kara, thanks for joining us too.
1: Good to be here.